0: So, you know, every Friday night, I get together with my family. We have a Shabbat dinner. Now, but mind you, it's not that terribly formal. I wish it were more. But, you know, I I make do with what we have, right? We light the candles. We say the blessing. And what we do is we talk about God in some aspect or another, right? So, for example, we'll talk about what does justice really mean, you know, because in the Bible, we say justice Justice you shall seek, right? So we'll, we'll kind of drill down on that and then say, well, why do they say it twice? Why, you know, what is the meaning of that? Um, and that's a lot of fun. Uh, another topic might be about the difference between humans and animals. Why is that, you know, can we start talking about those differences? And what, what, what might that mean? Does that evidence possibly the existence of God? And so we have always a little topic, about 10 minutes worth, just talking about some aspect of God. You know, what is fear? Is it, What should we fear? We should only fear God is the ultimate answer, right? And so forth. Um, and one of the topics that I had when it came to uh, the, Sh- the Shabbat season was about um, who is more, who has an easier life? You know, because this came about because of a very liberal friend of mine who Who had a problem in his life And he said listen It would be a lot easier for me to believe in God In this situation Um, And it, it evoked the idea of To me well okay Who has it easier Those who believe in God Or those who don't believe in God If you were to ask an atheist
1: He would say Ari what do you think Those who don't believe in the imaginary sky man Right yeah. Right. right, okay, what, Mar, what,
0: but who is it easier, uh, yeah, those who don't believe have it, who uh, who don't believe feel that it's, that they have, in a, a sense, more of a challenge, actually, they they feel about themselves, I say this because as a former atheist, I'll tell you what they think, they think that they are the ones who are rolling up their sleeves, they're the ones who are advancing science, they're the ones who are truly progressing for the sake of civilization. Uh, because they're not tied down by the nonsense, as you say, of the sky man, um, and they're not de- deluding themselves with this opiate called religion, or making them cells encumbered by all these rules. These right rules, you see. Right, you because know, they, that- they, the, all they want is is focusing on science, 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 right? And uh, it, it it isn't God that makes uh, science; it's man that makes science, and we're the ones responsible. And it's hard work. Thank you very much. You know, and and they're not living their day-to-day lives pretending that there's some wonderful structure out there. They they, they have to work hard for the here and now. Thank you very much. Um, And so they think very highly of themselves, right? And they also think that they're the ones doing the hard work. Uh, To which I say, really? You think so? How about this for a different way of looking at it? The religious person the one who truly has a deep abiding faith in God, he's the one that knows that he has to be accountable. He's the one who's restraining himself constantly from pursuing his sexual lusts, from imbibing a lot of uh, alcohol, from being irresponsible, from saying, oh, I just want to live for today, literally today, I mean, and no sense of the future. He's the one going to church and synagogue. He's the one, you know, giving to charity and and such like that. And he's the one who sense who has a tremendous sense of family, uh, and has a sense of order that needs to be maintained. He's the one who says there is such a thing as evil, and we need to fight evil. These are th- those are all quite hard things, very hard things, in fact. So for the atheist to say that somehow, the the religious person is somehow I, I, imbibing an, into a quest uh, of great facility—it's—it's it's great ease—is uh, it, it laughable. In fact, who would choose it if, if you actually could choose it between being religious and being not religious at all? And you know, forget about whether there's with a god. No consequence, with no consequences, right? Exactly right. You would. Why would you choose the religious side? I mean, it's
1: of course you wouldn't Let choose it. Let me guess: it. more work, less benefits. I think I'll do that.
0: Yeah. No. I, I enjoy refraining from, you know, wanton, crazy yeah. sex.
1: I'm a masochist.
0: I'll do that. Yeah, exactly. It's a, and I must always tell the truth, right? I, you know, it's much, much easier to simply say, you know, create a white lie and say this is the reason why, I, you know, I did something or didn't do something. Um, of course it's much easier. And then if I want to, you know, kill somebody... Not I'm really? saying atheists are saying this, but it's very easy. Like this guy's in my way. Uh, he's, you know, I deserve that promotion. You know, Bill, Bill uh, Smith, my 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 main competitor here. He, he doesn't deserve it.
1: You know, he's out of here. Why are you bringing up a promotion? I'm talking about people in traffic. Right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if there are no There's consequences, in my right? Way. What's the problem? Yeah. So,
0: look, and, and of course, I'm not saying atheists will go about you know ramming people or killing people. But, 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 it is a lot easier for them. To twist the truth, right? It's a lot easier. Wait, wait. There's a lot. It's a lot easier to say, "Ah, you know what? So what if uh, you know I I lie a little bit on my taxes? So what if I, you know, don't you know? When I get too much change, let's say, back from the store teller, right? Uh, You get you get back you get back a twenty dollar bill instead of getting a five dollar bill as you should have. He mistakenly thought it was a twenty. You know, the the religious guy will say, oh, dude, you you. I'm sorry, but you gave me too much money, um, and so on. Um, the, the atheist will feel very comfortable, um, you know, if he doesn't get his way to just threaten a really bad Yelp review, for example, uh, at a restaurant. You know, I want this completely taken off or, I'll, or else I'll give you a, a bad Yelp review. And the religious person will say that's not the way things are done. He'll know that that's wrong right away. But it's still hard work. Virtually everything that a religious person does is harder than the atheist.
1: Are you saying they have to make sacrifices?
0: Sacrifices, there you go. Sacrifices. Exactly, exactly. Hmm. Yeah, and these are, by the way, these are the same people, you know, religious people, I'm, I'm not saying a great epiphany here, tend to have more children. And that's a good thing, we, for many reasons, right? But the reason, part of the reason why they have more children is because you know that there is a commandment to be fruitful and multiply. But you also want to uh, bring out forth God's creation and have other people that that love God and cherish God's word and such. That, that's fair, right? But, dude, that's hard work, right? Having children is hard work. The, but the atheist, ironically, will look at somebody who has, let's say, four children and say. I, I bring this up because Mark Stein, who a great commentator who has four children, he commented on how he was kind of scrambling all of his kids together just to kind of keep them uh, you know, together in New York City, and some liberal went up to him and said, how selfish of you to have the, these children, as if somehow not having children uh, was some great work of effort, right? Some great sacrifice on their part. Like, no, you know how hard it is that I'm sacrificing everything for these children. I'm sacrificing for a generation ahead of me. Right.
1: right? This is and, the, that's and, the interesting and, thing. And, and is, real fast, and I hope this doesn't go straight, but think about the level of sacrifice and the level of the gift that is. Because life in America is more pleasant as l- human life goes than life anywhere mm-hmm. in the history of anywhere. Right. right. Yep. So think of the gift you're truly giving someone— who gets to be alive because of you. Yeah. Raised in the structure and love of a one mom, one dad family in America, right? Right. And you're giving that gift to those four kids in Stein's case. And every offspring of every generation those kids may have. Right. It provided you can protect this gift called America. Right. Right. And that person... I mean, it almost, uh, you know, we've talked about how, uh, you know, I'm a dude and I don't cry, but that almost brings a tear to my eye. How pathetic and sad and how misandric that is, that you'd hate human beings so much that you would begrudge a loving father bringing loved children into the world to be loved and enjoy... The happiness, uh, satisfying life could give them. Right. Exactly. What I, I yeah, know, it's, we it's talked craziness. about my profanity last time, but I have to. What an asshole!
0: Yeah. Sorry. A, There's no one. It's called. an asshole. Yeah. Exactly right. No, but to to um, you know, when the atheist, he doesn't understand why we're here in the first place, right? He 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 attributes
1: our existence to pure randomness. Right. So They've concluded the reason for us to be here is to have as little of a footprint as possible. Right. Exactly. Meaning right. Don't we, make we are, a difference. Right. Don't write any books. Don't walk around. <laughs> leave we, it as you see it. Right. We have as
0: much purpose as a zit on <laughs> on somebody's face. Right. I mean that's that's the way they view ourselves as humanity. Yeah. So that's why it's no, no surprise that you have this uh, guy from uh, some uh, oh uh, from Clemson University, proclaiming that we w- the Earth would be would be better off without humanity altogether. And that wouldn't that be a great thing for us all to disappear? Okay, so only an idiot can say this, but an idiot who has no sense that there might be a purpose to humankind's existence, that, that we are actually a good uh, for ourselves and, and we are, you know, we, we are messengers of God's message. Uh, but they,
1: they have no sense of that. They, yeah. that, that, that means nothing to them. It so never, it never occurs to them that when you look at what wiped out the dinosaurs, well, you know the dinosaurs were just this close to inventing the computer, the rocket, and the nuclear weapon to right. defend the that's planet right. from that asteroid, right? Right. right. It's, it's, <laughs> it, which, by the way, you say that, and suddenly you realize, oh, that's why we're here. Right. <laughs> to, as God said in the Garden of Eden, your job's to tend the garden, right? <laughs> Protect it. Yeah. Weed it. <laughs> Yeah, but we, we'll be careful because then
0: the atheists will say, well, what are, what are you talking about? You, 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 per, you pretend, my believing friends, that you somehow uh, are doing the hard work, but you seem to be ignoring the global warming crisis that we're facing today. And we are, we atheists at least, are very concerned about what life on the planet will be like 100 years from now. We're, we're all going to be wiped out if we don't do this. Well, wait a minute. Okay, so first of all, that's a, there's a big very big if here. The if being that global warming is, is real. It's real, yeah. And, and, and I, when I say real, I mean like the man is predominantly responsible for it and that we're going to die in 20 feet of water and uh, that we can do something about this and all those other questions that we mentioned before. So, But you have, to, you have to take that on the one hand and then you have to take the Clemson University guy. Like uh, the, the Clemson, Clemson University professor and many others like him who, who really believe that humankind is a blight. And why wouldn't he by the way if you don't feel like there's any purpose to life then then yeah we would be a blight. I, I think that's consistent. But if we are a blight and if we have no purpose, then when you celebrate global warming, hey, you know we're doing it to ourselves, you know, Isn't we, that the it's a why, why would Obama. we fight so hard? Why why yeah. why would we fight so hard to end global warming which is going to destroy us all? So let's do it. Right? Hedonistically no less. Let's destroy ourselves. And then uh, eventually, you know, the planet will reheal itself, and the animals can take over, and everything will be wonderful.
1: Can I paraphrase Obama? Yeah. Global warming is the extinction we've been waiting for. <laughs> right? Yes. And the other th- question is for Mr. <clears throat> Clemson Professor, his, who's such a despicable character, his name is irrelevant right. to ever be repeated. Um, does, was he celebrating Sandy Hook? Yeah. Exactly. Was he celebrating Parkland or the Holocaust? Or the Holocaust? Yeah. Or I mean, what atrocities? Where he was screaming about gun control or whatever else, because you know they do. Right. Was he? Uh, why wasn't he celebrating them if if human extinction is the goal? Right. Right. And, yeah. We're just we're just that much closer to our own human extinction. Yeah. You and, know? and even you know, a shooting, why does he complain?
0: Yeah. Yeah, right. he, he should. He should never complain. And, and of course, these guys live totally hi- hypocritical lives. I mean, this guy's a professor. Why did he even bother becoming a, a professor? You know, he he wants to study something, right? So, but what's the point? If you feel like we're a blight and we have no purpose, then really, you know what your mission should be? Well, <laughs> right? he, he, yeah, he's making a sh- sh- shoot yourself sort of a
1: signal. <laughs> Uh, but no, I think that was my greatest moment. Yes, yes, it yes. Your that's right. yeah, mic drop. You filled in the, yes. the radio necessary narration.
0: <laughs> no, but, but if, if that's your only purpose, I mean, here's what you should be doing if you believe this crap. Really, you know, at the end of the day, what you should do is you should just kind of saunter through life. Uh, by begging, borrowing, and stealing whatever you can to just kind of fake it all the way through. You know, hang out at your, your friend friends. You mean like being a
1: college professor? Yeah.
0: <laughs> a good point. Uh, hang out at your friend's uh, you know, sofa and you know constantly crash and um, steal, you know, when people know you could get by. I mean if you're if you have a slight amount of wits about you, you could you could steal a little this, a little that, right? Um, and you can fake it, you can con people into a lot of money. Um, and then next thing you know, you're kind of on easy street. But why would you go for a doctorate, become a professor?
1: Yeah, well, why would you do all the work, idiot? Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and you make, make the most amount from, of money you can yeah. and, and get out of it. From there. your opening point, you just uh, close the, the square on that circle right. uh, in a brilliant way by saying, well, who's the idiot now? You did all this work. That's useless. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're just talking about believe in God. Asking for forgiveness, treating other human beings as best as we can the way we want to be treated, separating the Sabbath from the other days of the week, right. lighting some candles, right. saying a couple of prayers, a little bread, a little wine, talking about God on the Sabbath, and the rest of the time just doing your best to <clears throat> not... What's what's that thing you said years ago It was so perfect. That that golden rule from the Torah, just don't be a jerk. Right. As <laughs> right. Right. best don't you be can. Jer- and now yeah, you're going to be a jerk occasionally, but just... Try to minimize those instances, right? Right, but we, and, and we, that's us—the right. the, the God-believing. Right. And think about how easy it is. Look how low I set the bar for life there. <laughs> who who couldn't just do that?
0: <laughs> right, but it's but it's not easy. That's the funny thing about it is that it does take intense amount of study. Yeah. You know, these are people, uh, and I'm thinking now of both devout Christians and devout Jews. But because we're both Jewish and in our experiences in the Jewish world. You've got this Simcha Torah thing, which means, you know, happiness in the Torah, and you relearn the Torah year after year after You reread it, and you're constantly studying it for the nuances. That's hard work, my friends, to interpret that. You know, look, I'm, I'm not I'm a devout Jew in my heart in every way. In terms of my experience and my actual learning, I, I sadly don't have it, but I, I admire those men and women that truly have a deep devotion, and they, once in a while, throw a great phrase to me, a great epiphany, or at least a story connection, and I think, oh, that's so great, I get, it's so great, i got to write that down, because it's so wonderful, it's, it's a, one of those digestible nuggets that make life so pleasant, right? Like, like studying the, the, the notion of Jacob and Joseph, for example, and, and the brothers, right? What I, I love that story so much, because it's, it's a story where everyone has did something really bad, and everyone did something really good, right? It's it's so nuanced. It's not just a story that Andrew Lloyd Webber, you know, threw together as a play. Right. Which, by the way, the music was pretty good. Yeah. But I'm, I'm I'm. But it's a it's a really fascinating. And you study that story deeply, and there's so much richness to it. But it takes effort to learn that. You have to go to Sunday school and learn this stuff, and learn it again and again. And going to temple and getting dressed and, you know, wouldn't it be easier to say, hey, I don't have to go to church uh, this, this Sunday or, or synagogue as this a, Saturday? As
1: a fan of The Simpsons, you're, you know, the greatest Simpsons episode ever is when Homer decides not to go to church. Right. And I then remember. Flanders saves him from the fire when he burns down his own house, when he falls asleep on the couch with a scar in his mouth watching football instead of right. being in church. Yep. Right?
0: <laughs> yep, yep. Exactly right. So, But... But it's much easier to stay at home and watch the football game, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, it's much easier to, you know, just kind of look at porn. It's much easier to drink the beer. It's much easier to just kind to of take
1: out and not say the prayers. Yeah. It's always easier to not do than to do. It's
0: it's it's a lot easier. Eat yeah. eat, eat the chips. Uh, eat you know instead of the healthy food. Uh, it's it's easier to just kind of fornicate. And I, I use that term in the literal sense—just going woman after woman, or man after man, as the case may be. Disappearing
1: maybe. after each twist. Yeah, tryst. yeah. You, you,
0: you don't involve yourself whatsoever, and you tell yourself, "Hey, look, I'm satisfying my libido," and you know what's wrong with that. You know, so th- th- it's a lot easier being an atheist. That's the point.
1: Yeah, and what you brought up about the Jacob Joseph set of stories—this is really, I think, where the the meat is. Speaking as a non- as it were, uh-huh. is and this is what's important, is it tells you so much about being human. Right. Prager once said something, I thought that was so brilliant. He said the reason he knows the Torah is true is because unlike every other book of myth of any other god pantheon in the world, there's no lionization. Right. In fact, the very people who were told to be like do such nincompoops things, have such Obvious failings. And we tell the story about it. Right. You know, you take the greatest hero, Moses. And at the end, he screwed up and hits the rock. Right. Right? When he was told just to talk to it. David, desiring other people's women. Every one of them have these horrible moral failures that they should have known better. Right. And they're the best. Right. right, right. In any other myth, if it's a king or a god or something, it's Zeus is perfect. Right, right. Yeah. Apollo is perfect. Right. Perfection, perfection, perfection. Hercules,
0: Odysseus, and so forth.
1: Yeah, and then and then the way you were talking about, like the way you wish you could yearn to be a better Jew, and I'm using that sort of loosely sure. as just being more observant, more into the ritual. It's kind of like uh, my feeling when we see great art. I would like to have the dedication the talent of leonardo piet mondrian monet whatever uh-huh. but you know what <clears throat> it's enough just to appreciate what they did for us yeah right yeah. that's it. i love that saying that is enough Right. right. It is enough just to know the Torah in your heart because 90% of of just knowing it creates a fence against immoral behavior that will handle 90% of your uh ill-gotten or ill-conceived yearns right. for bad behavior well, here, here's the, even here's, when you fall. Right. The studying part of it is helpful
0: because it's not so much that you want to show God that you are really, you know, bearing your nose yeah, in these books. Yeah, a good child. Yeah, something. you're a good child. It's because you want to do the right thing and you, know, you, you, want to, you appreciate goodness and you want to study goodness in the same way if you want to learn about uh, playing a guitar or high energy physics, right? You, you're going to have to put in the time to do, do so, right? Goodness is the hardest thing you can do. And so how do I best learn goodness? We learn all sorts of other things. You're right, another language, let's say guitar, like I just mentioned, basketball to be the best. My, my daughter wants to be the best lacrosse player she can be. Great, and she's practicing all day long. But in terms of goodness, you know, I mean, this is not this is not Barack Lurie's theory, by the way. This is anyone will tell you this, uh, and, and I know Dennis talks about this quite a bit. You've got to study the Torah. That's that's where that's your training manual.
1: At the end of the day, that's and, your instruction manual for life. said yeah, Someone yeah. I do this podcast with. That's that's right. So. It's really critical, and I, I like to
0: learn other aspects of ways to be good or and ways to avoid evil. Uh, one very, very small example, and I, and I, it was so small, and it was so everyday, and it was one of my favorite examples. I had a, um, you know, many people will have day laborers that work for them. A gardener, let's say, uh, somebody who does a handyman job, whatever. Uh, plumbers, people that kind of live hand to mouth. Especially gardeners, and I. There was a point where my wife, you know, she said, you know, the bill got bigger and bigger with this gardener, and I said, why aren't you paying him immediately upon the day that he does his work? I mean, she says, well, you know, he, he, we're good for it. We can, you know, he, we'll pay him later, more on. Uh, after, after not, not more on, but you know, after more the uh, later, later yeah. on, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I said, no, 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 you can't do that. He's he's desperate, and of course he's going to say, okay, ma'am, no problem, ma'am. Of course he's he going to say that. He not want to lose the account. He's, he doesn't want to lose the account. He's desperate for it. You can't do that. You can't treat him the way that you and I. Would be willing to delay our payment for, for, for credit card something uh, Well, my American client, Express, for example so. A client might, might say, well, I'm not going to pay you immediately upon pay, receiving the bill I, mean, I would like that, of course But, you know, 30-day nets, right? That sort of things But but these people need to be paid now And I got another case about that I said, you can't do that And the reason why I know it Is because the mitzvah tells me so It says, pay your day laborers immediately and the reason is very simple. You have to be kind of like hit in the head a little bit to say uh, they don't have the same mindset that you do. You have to step outside of yourself. Just because you would accept a, de- a delayed payment doesn't mean that they would. Or can. Or can. Yeah. And you have to, so the Bible is basically telling you, don't do that. You, you need to understand that, that that would be a wrong thing to do. So these are the mitzvot among many others. And, and I love that example because it's so everyday. And you know, it's equal, equally true back then, 2,000 years ago, as it is today.
1: Well, it, I think there's a couple other layers of depth that, that are profound yeah. now that you've enlightened me to it. The first is 2,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago, whenever this scrawl was scrawled, yeah. okay, people thought a lot less of the low-end person. Right. Right. Human because beings were considered it. essentially disposable if they weren't an important person. Right. By 99% of the planet. And for this document to say essentially that the pauper deserves a more timely payment than the king, because right. first of all, number one, the king can float. Right. Right. He's got his. Right. He'll, he'll make his. He can survive the 30, 60, 90 day net. Right. The pauper. Goes hungry without. And it teaches, look how that, you know, the socialists love to redistribute. There's nothing more important to redistribute than respect, right? Right. And think about how that breaks the monopoly of respect and tribute the royal royal gets, right? Right, right. Because now you are obligated to treat your uh, farm animal, your beast of burden, and your low-end worker as the first one you pay tribute to. right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, that's, that's so it's, it's profound. Wonderful.
0: It's very profound. And it also understands that this person is made in God's image just as as you are. And the fact that you make a lot more money or even a bit more money doesn't matter. There's no hierarchy in God's eyes. And you better treat this person the right way. And and, and look, this is the way that you and I, and I, I, know that, I know that we both have this approach. When we see the security guards at uh, our kids' school, for example, when I see... Um, the various different people, the employees that work in this building, including the janitors, I get to know them on, on a first-name basis. He and I talk, or the, you know, we and I talk, as though we're just regular Joes together. We're going to be talking about the upcoming Super Bowl. We're going to be talking about our kids, talking about life and stuff like that. We have so much in common. The fact that that the janitor makes a lot less money than I do, that, that's, so quite, what? that's quite irrelevant, right? Yeah. He's still a, a creature in God's eyes as far as... I'm concerned, and, and he deserves my utmost respect. He's landed where he has in life uh, for circumstances that I have no idea about, and who am I to judge about it? But I do know that he's a human being, and he deserves my respect for that reason alone. Look, I want to move to a slightly different topic, and, and, but, but the emphasis here is that being religious, being observant, uh, working to study God is far more difficult than being an atheist I wish I could have the life of an atheist While still believing in God somehow But I know that those two things don't work The life of an atheist Really, and I, and I know it deeply Because I was one it, It's one where if you are truly Intellectually honest about it Truly, you will, you will say to yourself I, Whatever I can get away with So much the better for me Okay? Now you may say, well, it sounds like you were a jerk When you were an atheist, uh, Baruch." You know what? All, all atheists should believe this if they are truly intellectually honest.
1: Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's like
0: when you. I, and it's I not, not even a question of being a jerk, because the word jerk, by the way, is is a value-laden phrase. As as you know, as kind of uh, derogatory and as uh, street talk as it is, it's still a value-laden term based upon what you should be doing, right? Yes. You're a jerk because you're not doing what you should be doing. So if somebody says to to you, "Hey, hey, bitch," you know, give me the coffee already. Okay, you're being a jerk, right? But in a world without God, why why does that mean anything? It, so so manners takes work, right? Understanding and respecting other people takes work. It's a lot easier to say, "Gimme." than to say, hey, would you mind please passing me whatever, right? It's a lot harder. I know
1: you wanted to move on to the topic based on the last point you made of the last segment. Yeah. What you just said also, and connected to this, also shows you how without this foundation, individualism and respect for the individual doesn't exist. Yeah. Because only, you're not respecting individuals if you respect only our betters in high places and the celebrities. Yeah. Yeah, right, so true. And you're only someone who loves individuals if you respect everyone on the chain, you know, yeah. uh, from people who have no bearing on your life to people who have the power of, of prosperity or poverty on you. Yeah, right, and, and also. Being a jerk goes a wide range, and you gave probably, you know, the starkest, the most um, uh, tangible of examples. Being a jerk, being rude to people you have no reason to be rude to, right? A brist and a coffee, here, sir, thanks, bitch. You know, that's that's being a jerk, obviously, in a way that's tangible and easy to discern. But aren't you also a jerk if you're walking around... Doing these two qualities of modern liberals we're surrounded by in West L.A. and Brentwood. Number one, not savoring America for what it is and thinking, oh, this is just normal and does it deserve protection. I want you to comment on both, so I'm going to say both. And the other, I think, real jerky thing is having your priorities totally out of whack. So we're worrying about global warming and not human murder or right. terrorists. Yeah, that's right. Right, and all those other things we've discussed. You know, instead of caring about national security, you think global warming is a bigger threat than national security. You you think it's more important to show compassion to illegal aliens even if a bunch of MS13s come in rather than showing compassion to the people murdered by illegal aliens and MS13s.
0: Right. Well, it is a form know? it is a form of being a jerk. It's also a form of uh, those are two very good examples. It's also a form of not paying your day laborers, right? In a sense, yes. right? Not respecting your day laborers, because most of America, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a shocker here. Most of America uh, do not go to Harvard and Stanford and are not professorial.
1: Time out! Time out! Time yeah, out! I know. Thank. Effing God! For that. <laughs> exactly,
0: exactly right. Resume. All right. <laughs> right. I thought most that was most people, whether you realize it or not, although they, they don't they don't go on the airwaves and they don't accept Academy Awards and things like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, most people, as it turns out, don't do those things, right? They are plumbers. They are electricians. They have a uh, a lawn a lawn mowing company, or they're gardeners, or they're waitresses. You know, waitresses. Waiters. I mean, the yep. the vast majority of people are such people. They manufacture they, they're, they're salesmen uh, And these are not necessarily poor people They're just middle class
1: people They're just the great anonymous that you don't see day in day out celebrated right. For their celebrity Right right. And yet these two things that you mentioned uh, Not
0: appreciating America for what it is And then prioritizing global warming over everything else Uber alles as they say Uh, it's a reflection of exactly that, of how they they, they leave and have no concern for the regular Joe. If if you were to pursue global warming, for example, then you have a a situation where, at the end of the day, you you just don't care about these people, right? Because you're going to lose all these jobs, but that doesn't matter because you have a, a much stronger agenda. Let me move on now to the next point, and it's related. You've heard this expression before, Ari. Religion is the opiate of the people.
1: Okay. Thank you, Lennon. Uh, right. So, uh, Vladimir <laughs> Not Lennon. John. Yeah. Exactly. No, he,
0: he probably believes it, too. Or he probably no, believed it, No, he
1: liked Reagan. That guy was... You know what? Look, at the, at the he end, was a dirty hippie some of the time, but you know what? Guys like Jagger and Lennon and uh, Bono, they like the dollars. I know.
0: Well, first of all, uh, John Lennon died literally a month after Reagan was uh, elected the first time. So, you know, he he didn't have very much experience. In in fact, uh, Reagan wasn't even president at the time that John Lennon had died. So it was it was really quite. But but Lennon did say, I really respect, you know, maybe we need this guy. It looks like, you know, that this is going to be a good, good move. So who knows? There are a lot of people who felt that way. And then, you know, there were so-called Reagan Democrats. And now they're just as Democrat as they ever were. Right. So don't be too impressed with that. Um, he never, went, uh, never sang a song that was the opposite of Imagine, for example. Imagine no religion, Imagine no uh, countries, and so forth. So, is, but, but Hold look. on.
1: He is right
0: now. Okay. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, he's... <laughs> all right. Let's move on, because I, I was talking about the, the religion uh, as the opiate of the people. Uh, Vladimir Lenin said that, uh, and Marx said... I'm I saying Marx said that, um, and he believed it very strongly. And he had his own interpretation and his own reasons. I don't really care. But we know that, that religion, and this is very similar to what we spoke about before. How can it be an opiate? Uh, let, let me get this straight. So here's something that requires you to think very deeply, to question all authority, to understand that God is in charge, to look deeply from within to, to see how you can improve yourself, to understand uh, what it takes to fight evil, to wake up all the time to recognize evil and, and, and bring it down. Uh, to focus on the good, and somehow, that's an opiate, right?
1: Yeah, that's something that puts you to sleep, numbs you up, makes you totally out of touch with everything. That's yeah. an opiate. Yeah, hmm. somehow sounds like a real like like how the how um, Trump is like the worst racist in the world. And I don't mean because he's uh, a racist. I mean because. If he was a racist, he'd be the most dysfunctional racist. Right, yeah. Very, Making, very, very ineffective. kind of racist would drop black unemployment. That's a, sounds, he's yeah, not a, good at that. He's not right? doing a good job So then. religion yes. must be a really bad at being an opiate. Anyway, I mean, that, it's not functioning as an opiate, is it? Well, certainly it's
0: not an opiate. That's the point. It's like, yes. you know, like, had Karl Marx actually kind of studied a little bit of religion. Maybe he
1: knew what he was talking about. Knew what he was talking about. <laughs>
0: yeah. He would understand, like, uh, maybe that's not a good example of what the opiate is. But there is an opiate of the people, and this is where I want to go. Okay. What is it? I think it starts with an S. (laughs) Hold on. You're getting there. But it's not, it's certainly not religion. Religion is the exact opposite. If anything, religion awakens people. It keeps you sober. It causes you to be accountable and focus on reality. These are very, very important things. Um, So we know that, that it's not religion. Okay. So what else could it be? Let, let, let's not go with what you just suggested. No, okay. Okay, for the time being. Uh, what else could it be? Let's, let's throw it out different ideas. Um, could, could, it may be drugs themselves, right? I mean, they could be the opiate of the people, but on the other hand, not everyone does drugs. You know, you can be a liberal and a lefty and believe all the global warming nonsense and never have an, even tried pot once in your life, okay? Uh, even Prozac for the matter I mean, you know, you could say that those are the things Prescription pills might be the o- literal opiate of the people Modern media, maybe Yeah, maybe may, maybe modern media You know, you get so hooked on social media And no, modern not media social, so,
1: so, Like, remember my story last week I don't, I don't remember if it was on our episode or offline Remember I told you I watched the CBS News for five minutes yeah. And it caused my brain to be damaged As if I did oh, crystal I meth, remember that? So that could that's in the cloud? <laughs> I know, but but it's not as if you enjoyed it. That's the
0: point, right? It's anyway, so, so that's not. I mean, I, I love that you threw that out as a possibility, but we can see that that's not necessarily an opiate in the same way, mm. okay? So, what else is a- out there? Is <laughs> Maybe that no, no god uh, mm. notion. No, not even that. No, nope. not even that. Yeah, I mean, in, in a sense, it's, it's an opiate. I get that,
1: yeah, but it's sort of an upper, you know, because it, remember, an opiate is not a drug. It's a type of drug. Right. It's a specific narcotic type of drug. Designed to numb. Right. Because remember, cocaine's a narcotic too, but it doesn't opiify you. Right. It's the opposite, it's an yeah. upper. Yeah. So we're talking about opiates and not pot. Pot and LSD and mushrooms are a gentle to severe hallucinogenics. Okay. Right. So we're dealing with a type of drug, not just drugs, right? All right. So here is. What the ultimate opiate of the people is. Oh, tell me, wise
0: one. Sex. That is the ultimate opiate.
1: You uh, you know, you're making me really... Inco- I think this... You know, and, and look, it's a good zesty conversation, but I think this book you're writing might be affecting you. <laughs> because last week, you went on this jag. <laughs> I know. And now this week...
0: <laughs> it is the opiate. When you think about it, look at, look at the way... That we are convincing our society to abandon all the previous precepts of sex. Let's so let's talk about what it once was a hundred years ago and before. Okay, when you were, if you were to think about sex, the the notion of premarital sex would be t- very taboo. Okay, it, it happened, of course, right, the- But it was it was the exception and not a good exception, and you certainly wouldn't talk about it. But nevertheless, the fact that it happened doesn't mean that it's, it's a right thing to do, right? People often say, oh, you know, like the Kinsey study, well, you know, gay sex is happening all around, so let's celebrate it as a norm. No, it just means it's happening. It doesn't mean that we have to demonize it, we don't have to criminalize it, got it. But nevertheless, that doesn't make it the norm, uh, nor does it make it the ideal. Likewise, premarital sex, right? The, the, that, was, that was taboo. You just didn't do it, and it was not the ideal by any stretch. Not only that, but once you got married, the idea of sex within marriage uh, was very, very important. It was the sense that you know it belonged to marriage, and it uh, you you could not commit adultery. In many so
1: once ways, you're once you're considered there, considered one of the big rewards of marriage is right. you get this.
0: Right, and then we talked about what's what, why is sex so pleasurable and why is it what is the ultimate purpose of sex? In addition, of course, to reproducing children. But what is that purpose, right? So you, you, we, get, we went into that a little bit. It's an opening of the door to God's creation. We are deputies uh, to God when we engage in the process of creation. And that, that the, the climax that we feel, that great sensation that we feel, as good as it feels, in a sense, it's an opening of a door to God, right? What, what other great feeling can you possibly imagine, Right. And we joked around, I think, last week, when, when all these people say, you know, when they talk about, I don't know, an astronaut who gets into space and looks down on Earth and he, and he says it's it's better than sex.
1: Yeah, or Halford Sunday.
0: Right. But we all know that there's no such thing. There's nothing better than sex, really good sex at least, you know, when it's voluntary and all the, all the good stuff. That That is the, the best feeling by far to anything else. So you'd rather be having sex than jumping off, uh, base jumping off of, into a Mexican cave.
1: No, you'd rather be having sex in space, base jumping oh, right. off. Right, well, while of you're space. doing it, yeah, I guess. Right. so. All but right. those things would be incredibly dangerous. All right, <laughs> so thank you for derailing <laughs> not this not going to last very long.
0: <laughs> but okay, so I'm bringing it back now. The point is that that sex, again, talking about what it was 100 years plus ago, um, sex was considered, like, hey, you got to focus on the, you know, regular male, female, you know, vaginal intercourse, right? We don't, we don't, uh, we don't celebrate anal intercourse. We don't celebrate
1: my favorite word. Sorry to stop you. Can you say vaginal again? Just please. <laughs> thank you. All right. I thought it was the second okay. thing I said. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Barack. <are> you <laughs> anyway. Here comes the reveal. Um, it, well, but it, hold on a second here. Um, it, well, let, let it, me. It it might me. Be, this is important. Yeah. All okay. right, I, I wouldn't ra- railroad your entire podcast All if right. it wasn't important. And th- remember, I, my job is to try to bring out the best for you, even if I fail. All right. Um, are you talking about? Because I, I see maybe a conflict, and I want to just get your thinking. Because where my mind goes on this, the op- the of the people that I see is surrogate sex. Now, I don't mean hiring a sex surrogate. I'm talking about masturbation being an opiate. Okay. You're getting ahead of where I want to go.
0: Okay. okay? So we'll get there. Don't worry.
1: Okay.
0: I just first want to establish what it was like a hundred years ago, plus just to talk about, you know, why we are where we are. Okay. And it's, it's fairly straightforward. So. The idea of no premarital sex—sex sex is reserved for marriage—and if you have sex outside of the marriage, that's a very, very bad thing. Okay, in fact, it's—it's it's a, a commandment. Bad results,
1: dangerous disease, all those—all those things. You got
0: and it. not only that, going into the disease, disease realm, it's very clear that, you know, science shows it over and over again: the more sex you have with more multiple people outside of marriage, in particular, uh, very bad things happen. Okay, you—you are much more likely to contract an STD. There are so many of them out there. You, you know, and, and there's one that's even deadly called HIV, right? So that's, you know, these, these. I mean, sex is scary.
1: Yeah. Can we be even more precise on that? Because I think it's illustrative. Sex outside of marriage doesn't give you a chance to contract one of these situation diseases. You will. It, no. It gives you your only chance. In other words, it doesn't say you will. You might not. Right. But you will definitely not if you just stay monogamous. That's right. That's And that's the. That also goes. And I love the hell liberals. Not to change the subject or anything, but it's just even more to the point. How they say, "How dare you suggest abstinence as a way to prevent pregnancy?" No. Absence is the only way to totally guarantee okay. unwanted. All right, okay. Right,
0: but so so we're talking again about the ideals, okay? Because yes. I'm kind of bringing it back all the time. So, no adultery, right? And keeping it within the family. And so when you do decide to have children, you know you don't know what that child is going to look like. You don't know if it's a boy or a girl, and all the all the things associated with it. But nevertheless, the, the, there's the wanted child. That's a good thing, right? Yeah. So all these things, all these ideals are built into civilization's mother's milk, as it were, okay? And it has been this way until, I mean, easily 100 years ago, but I would say even through the early 60s. Right. And then the 60s came along. Okay, suddenly it was, uh, you know, whatever feels good is good, right? So you want to masturbate all day long. Okay, that's cool. You want to have, you know, bisexual sex, Hey, that's cool. You want to have sex with as many women and as many men as possible. Hey, that's cool too. Now you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, you want to, you know, but but what you're—that is all going into the realm of, and we're getting into the opiate conversation in a moment. It's this notion. It's appealing to the the one, the most primal instinct, greater than hunger, greater than thirst, greater than survival itself is sex.
1: Well, literally, if you know. Modern sex behavior, more important than oxygen. Yeah, with if you know erotic uh, autoerotic asphyxiation, right. which has taken several right. people. I don't
0: know that, but let's not even go there. How about well,
1: that? I'm just saying, you know, some people will choke themselves while having
0: sex. Okay, right? so this is not meant to as a how-to primer, but <laughs> nevertheless,
1: it's <laughs> so, a point. You know, <laughs> but but what I'm
0: saying is, it's so powerful that that is the drug. If you offer somebody the notion that you can go for it sexually in any way you want to, you can descend into that and that and you treat accordingly uh, the diseases that you might contract to them as mere rashes as you know no big, no big whoop sort of thing. Uh, and now if you if you, God forbid you contract AIDS which we basically these days have to contract only from you know where uh, from a, a certain kind of intercourse well then, uh, there's this drug cocktail that will uh, prevent that from, you know, ever really blossoming into a deadly uh, permutation So it's all good, it's all good, you know, just keep on, you know, using those condoms, great, but sex, sex, sex You know, what, what does it matter? You know, it, it's like the equivalent of having some good ice cream What do you care um, if both if there's two consenting adults, then you're good to go. And by the way, you know if it's you know you'll see it, it'll come a day where they'll start saying, well you know children are have these same feelings too, after a certain age, oh, twelve, we thirteen. We
1: were there in 2014, Barack. Where were you? <laughs>
0: uh, I don't know what you're talking about, but well, well, what are you talking about? You no, know,
1: you know, the pedophilia. 24th.
0: Oh, the race, scandals. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I understand, but but that's going to come again. That 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 notion. Well, that's
1: here to stay. We should. Yeah, yeah.
0: What's going to happen is they're going to say, look you know kids will be the minority age will will go lower and lower so age of consent age of consent right so soon will be at some point it will be 16 then 15 maybe even 14 or for that matter puberty and then they'll say look you know they have these feelings you well, know i have it at all the boys and yeah. girls are are masturbating anyway you know so what's wrong with them just kind of doing with each other uh, at the same time it's just a you know a stimulus and response uh, so let's have at it let's have some fun it's all good Okay, your feelings, and let's not repress these children because it only lets them be more of who they are. And they can be fully functioning citizens because they don't have to constantly be, you know, repressed and uh, stilted by, by being told that their feelings are bad. Right? right? So that, that, that's yeah. how it's going to start playing out. Okay, it's, it's pretty easy to predict that one. But anyway, the bottom line is there was a time of standards. And those standards were very restrictive. And maybe too much so. I don't know. You can call the Victorian standards if you want.
1: Well, whatever they were, what they and I think this is your point, whatever they were, those standards led to the greatest culture on earth. Bingo. That led to the greatest civilization on earth. Right. And that, <clears throat> as to quote God from Genesis. Was good. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> Understatement of
0: forever. Right. It's very good. And it's at the end of the day, you have, you know, sex. Sex is the ultimate opiate, right? More so than opiates themselves, you know, because we're all tied by sex. We're all at the very least. Even if we never have sex in our entire lives, we were the product of sex. Yeah. Well, right? I would, I wait, 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 wait. wait, yeah. wait. Go ahead. We we all we all have mothers and fathers. We, sex is surrounds us. Every person that you look at in the street, you know, is, is the an product, orgasm. Yeah, <laughs> is the product of some <laughs> orgasm, as you say, right? Something you know. So it's obviously a very basic instinct, and you can play with that instinct from a social point of view, and you tell people that what they believe. Oh, sorry, what they what they lust for, what they want. Uh, is, is all okay Not only is it okay, but it's preferred uh, Then you've got yourself A fully opiated people They are totally drugged out at that point And then you can do whatever they want um, as long. And, and that's why so much of what you see We have a tremendous amount of regulation Tremendous amount of oppressive regulation uh, Getting more and more so in America And certainly elsewhere throughout the world But the one place that they allow you More freedom than ever Is sex And that's the way it is. It'll always be that way. Now, they found this great secret. As long as you can trade away the sex impulse as a totally natural, non-religious, non-event, it's all about pleasure, you've got your citizenry exactly where you want them. Easy peasy. And that is one of the great and horrific consequences of our ever-increasing godless society. Bad news on the horizon. That's the way it is, and 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 I and Ari, you brought up this point, uh, and it's a point I certainly agree with, which is that that sort of restriction, that understanding the power of sex, and is the very reason why we have reached this point in civilization in the first place. And now here we are saying, notwithstanding all the goodies that we have, notwithstanding all the the, the ease with which we can now pursue sex through Tinder and through, you know, condoms and these uh, these diseases uh, that have now have cures to them. Notwithstanding all that, we, we just go right back into that kind of primal mode, the very thing that kept us in a primal um, chaos. And we want to go back to that somehow. But in the meantime, they manipulate us. These socialist governments, and to, to some extent, uh, the Democrats in, a, in America as well. They, they want you to believe that it's all good. They would never say such things about somebody who is trying to get rid of his alcoholism, for example, or who is recognized that he's an alcoholic. They would never say something about somebody who actually is, is taking drugs and who proudly proclaims on Facebook or otherwise, hey, I've been sober for 14 years now, congratulate me. And we all do congratulate him. But when it comes to sex, if somebody said to you, hey... I've been I've been celibate uh, now for the past fourteen years, waiting for a great uh, husband or, or wife to do so, you would say. Soccer. What what kind of a moron are you? Right exactly. Because Soccer. because we have come to believe in the 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 opiate nature of of sex. We have now understood. We 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 bought into it, even some conservatives. We've bought into this notion that sex is, you know, very natural and let's have some fun and, and uh, you know, before you get married, well, you know, you should try it out, you know, just like you wouldn't buy a car right away, right? Look how they you, make You, you got to try the, it out. Try right. out the car. In fact, try out lots of cars.
1: Yeah, look how they make fun of the 40-year-old version. Yeah. yeah. Talk about going back to the beginning of this, the subject matter. Talk about difficult, Right. right. Imagine if you were forty years old and you, good-looking person. Let's just say you look like Chris Hemsworth. Right. And you choose not to have sex because you're waiting for the right, healthy situation, right. and it just and it's not that you you're an inept boob as they're usually portrayed, but someone who's actually engaging in self-control.
0: Yeah, it's really it is a matter of great effort. Uh, now look, we, we now know that. I and mean, we talked about all the, the diseases that permeate our society because of this rampant sex going on. It's not a good thing. And we all pretend it's not happening. But, you know, if you were to want to be the master chess player, right, would you just decide, you know, you, you know the basic moves, right? And then just say, okay, well, I'm going to go to a chess tournament now and I'm just going to beat everyone.
1: Yeah, win in time.
0: Right. Go no, win. <laughs> no, it does, doesn't work that way. No, you have to play chess every day. If you want to be a great tennis player, you don't just, you know, you, you know how to pick up the racket, hit the ball, and send it over the, the net, but you got to play tennis every day, right? And so it is with uh, a, being a black belt in karate, and so it is with uh, becoming a professor of nuclear science or whatever it might be. You've got to put in the time.
1: Yeah, I really want to have sex every day. So right. <laughs> if that's where this is going. No, 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 that's not where it's going.
0: No, no, it's, it's surprising. It's not about that. It's. It's about faithfulness. Here's, this is going to blow your mind, and this is where we end it. The reality is, if you want a truly monogamous, truly faithful, truly loyal marriage, the way to do it is not by going into reckless sex before and sowing your wild oats, right? The best way to do it is to refrain from sex. All this time. So that you actually, when you get to the point where you have marriage and then you have you reach this level of intimacy, you actually experience the intimacy and you see how powerful and wonderful sex really is in the context of marriage. And you and she blend together and become one in a way that you never could if you were to have so many uh sex capades in your, your pre-marriage life. It's the it, it we do where else in life do you do you do you practice for chess by playing checkers, right? <laughs> or do you practice uh, to be a great sumo wrestler by doing nothing, right? It doesn't, doesn't work that way. So this is a very important part of understanding. it. Marriage is falling apart because people, they've, they've spent so much of their lives sleeping around, doing wild, crazy antics, and then they get married. And then they expect a completely different lifestyle.
1: So you were saying that they were opiate addicts by the analogy and once they get into a marriage where they can't use it as an opiate right it creates um a problem yeah and they're that's
0: profound it is mm. I appreciate that mm. no, I really, but, but but isn't it i mean it's it's a funny thing, and by the way, a lot. I have to give kudos to my good friend, uh, Rabbi Brandon Gaines, who kind of elicited uh, quite, quite a bit of this. Really a brilliant point, I thought. Um, and the, the point is, if you want that great experience of true loyalty, true commitment and such, then you have to put in the time of practicing true loyalty and commitment and studying it. Not to do the exact opposite, where you, you have sex one day and it doesn't work out, hey, well then, you know, to hell with him. Or to hell with her, as the case may be. You know, that's not the way it works in marriage. Marriage, on the contrary, you you get into an argument, the very same argument you might have had with a previous boyfriend, previous girlfriend, you're still still stuck in that marriage, as it were. You better work
1: it out. You better not have married the wrong person.
0: Yeah, exactly right. All right. uh, Religion is not the opiate of the people, my friend. Sex is the opiate of the people. And it's so blazingly obvious. And don't be played restrain yourselves, understand the power of sex, understand what its really main purpose is, and then you might actually get somewhere in the process. I'm Brock Luthery, Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you next week.